Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is Harwood Handicappers on Thursday, December 7th, and it is a big day. Not because it's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, but because the NBA in-season tournament is here. Oh, you don't like that? I mean, we got to remember. We got to remember that. <laughs> yeah, I just was not expecting you to start the pod that way. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Uh, all right, in-season tournament is here in Las Vegas. Of course, we are at the semifinals. Kelly Bidlin, you hear his voice. Zach Cohen is here as well. Kelly and I will be down at T-Mobile Arena today for the two games. Very excited to see what is going to transpire. But before we get there, since we only have two games tonight, we had a plethora of contests last night. Boy, oh boy, were they fun. Uh, I'll ask, you know what, Zach? I'll start with you. You had a good day last night in your column. Um, What were you watching last night? I pretty much only watched uh, Nuggets Clippers, so that was a really good game for me. I I, I needed to go three and zero last night because I got destroyed in the uh, quarterfinals of the in season tournament. So I got some back. Uh, really good performance of the Clippers. I'm, I'm sure you know. I I thought Paul George was awesome in that game, and I think Harden just looks really good as the distributor in that offense. Uh, yeah, I tweeted out yesterday. Don't let them get hot because I'm telling you, like this offense is looking better and better. That since they have made the shift, and again, it's not Russell Westbrook's fault, but since they just got rid of another non-shooter in the lineup and, and put Terrence Mann out there, like things are just different for him. The spacing's better. The, the flow is so much better. And they've still got lineups where they use Russell Westbrook and James Harden together. But your primary starting lineup, your closing lineup should be there. And to your point, not only did Paul George play well, uh, Avicii Zubac played pretty well. Now, I know a lot of people pointed to the L.A. lifestyle that might have held down one Nikola Jokic to like one of the worst games of his career. <laughs> But I do think that when you look at the Clippers and the way that they have started to come along, this is a team that is starting to find its footing. Am I like, do I think they're one of the best in the West? Not at this point, but if they're firing on all cylinders and everything goes right for them, are they going to be a threat to knock off anybody they face? I think absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I think they're finally getting it together. Yeah. I was ended up on, uh, on that side last night and then also did the, um, the make a live bet before I go to bed because I did that. I didn't miss the end of the game, but it was the let me let me put in a live bet when the Clippers are down here end of the second yeah. quarter. And then I'm crashing because I was exhausted yesterday. Um, so yeah, I was uh, with you pregame on that side, Zach, and then yeah, caught a little bit of an in game too. And, and yeah, JVT, you're right. I mean, they're, they're not there yet, but look, they're not a team that you know for what it was two weeks and basically they were an auto fade uh and you were making money off of them off of them pretty easily when they just got hardened finally we've seen them turn that corner they've set this line up getting th- i i think you should only expect for this team as long as they're healthy to get better and better as we go here yeah not to uh, say like it's a good thing that Plumlee got hurt but you know it allowed them to scoop up daniel tice who's been awesome dude yeah. and i was going to mention yeah. that too like so last night you saw it a couple of times and again like Jokic didn't play great but having a big that can do not what Jokic does, but forces Jokic to cover ground, 
So like when you when they were running those Harden Tice pick and rolls and they were actually picking pops, like uh, yeah, you yeah. would see that Jokic was dropping off, and all of a sudden it was like, no, nah, Daniel Tice is at the top of the key, bro. Where are you going? <laughs> and, and he, he, I think there was a sequence where he hit like two straight threes. Uh, they got, a, I think Harden got a floater off a of one two. Like to your point, Plumlee was good when they signed him, but to have a stretch element at the five, Zach is really important. I think. Yep, completely agree. Kelly, do you have something? No, I was, just, I was laughing because there was a couple times when they did that early in the game when I was still watching before I'd crashed. And it was like, it looked like Harden and Jokic were both surprised. Like when, when Tice would pop out to the three and it was like, like took Harden almost like an extra half second to be like, oh yeah, he's wide open. Let me just pass yep. him out. There you go. By the way, the last note on this, um, the number just continues to improve. James Harden on the floor, Russell Westbrook off the floor. The net rating is now up to plus 12 for the Clippers. They're averaging 120.1 points per 100 possessions, and they're most used the lineup. So their starting lineup, James Harden, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Visa Zubac, plus 11.7 per 100 possessions, an offensive rating of 119.8. And the best part for all of that, overall defensive rating with Harden on and Russell Westbrook off, 108.1 and a 108 flat with their starting lineup. So they're still playing really good defense. They're scoring at a really high rate. And it just goes to show, as we've talked about it numerous times, everybody loves to dunk on teams and they make moves and right, it's start, it's not, it doesn't get off to a good start. This is going to happen. And it was better that they did it now than last year when they did it right at the trade or right at the trade deadline, right with Russell Westbrook. And we know what happened from there, even though they did look pretty good in the postseason in that at least one game with Kawhi Leonard against the Phoenix Suns. What I watched yesterday, uh, a couple of things. First off, uh, I'll start with the more entertaining game that I watched, Brooklyn and Atlanta. Dude, Atlanta. Yeah. What? Did I have? So that was great. They had thirty-eight. Dude, yeah. thirty-eight lead changes in that game. And as somebody, I was sweating out Brooklyn plus four. And every time it was just like, dude, can you extend this lead, please? Like for <laughs> like just one time. And I think the largest they led by, at least when I was watching, was four. Like it would yeah. never got either way farther than that. But it was an awesome game. The end sequence was incredible, where you get back to back. Uh, just like buzzer beating shots that essentially, you know, one takes the lead with about seven seconds left. Then Mikhail Bridges, I think it was right. That it, Jim yep. nails one. Uh, it was a really fun game, but I just wanted to point this out because Kelly, the Atlanta Hawks, and I noted this in the column and we talk about it all the time. Now a league worst five and 13 against the spread. They cannot cover numbers and the market thinks too highly of them. And yesterday was a good example. I wrote about it in the column home court. I don't know how you guys have been judging home court for me. Home court's down to about two and a half points. Yeah. So to, to open this up four and a half and then even sit at four for a majority of the day to say that Atlanta is clearly a better team on a neutral than Brooklyn was a mistake, I think. And you saw that yesterday. There's nothing that's separating these two teams. And Atlanta now, again, fails to cover a number, Kelly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little con- I, I mean, it's concerning for sure for for all three. Well, all three of us have some kind of Atlanta Hawks bets of some kind. Right? Oh, I'm dead. It's, it's done. If I had a paper whether ticket, it's total. digital. It, I would throw I would throw it away. <laughs> yeah, whether. Uh... Yeah, whether it's win total or to win the division, I'm glad I at least stayed off the division bet. But the it, it, look, it's a I think it's a it's a bigger example. Like it, okay, is this kind of the Atlanta offense we thought we were going to get this year? Yeah, we just yeah. didn't think the defense was going to be this. Uh, like I mean, and, and Clint Capella just looks like the like we always. I, I've been saying for two years, John Collins looks like such a waste and lost in that team. In that team, and now it's like Clint Capella is just like so exposed. Where it's like, dude, you're supposed to be the guy who's kind of anchoring things here and it ain't looking good when, when everybody's scoring all over you, but it's, I I think it's just an interesting speaks more to an interesting trend that we seem to have more of this year with these teams, these teams that are high power, high paced offenses. And we're going to see one of them today, obviously in Indiana that have just no defense. Right. And and it, it is, 
I, I mean, you're talking Indiana, you're like Indiana, Milwaukee, Dallas, Atlanta, like all these teams that are top five offenses with a bottom third defense. And none of them even appear like they're concerned about it. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Milwaukee, you know, maybe a little bit more than those others, but you know, like Dallas, Atlanta, Indiana, it's, it doesn't even seem like either any of those teams want to change or, or are trying to change defensively every mm-hmm. night. The frustrating thing, by the way, about Capella to me is that I want to see Okongwu in the starting lineup. I think he's right. really good. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he, not, yeah he's, he's been great. Yeah. Well, and at the very least with Okongwu, he gives you a, a, not a stretch element, but he will take a three-point shot, right? Yep. With Capella, that you have no shot at that. He doesn't really – Capella – I mean, he's not even really that much of a lob threat anymore, right? Like it's like they're barely do what happened to that. It's a good yeah. point. Yes, like what that used to be automatic. Yep. Like it's actually kind of incredible that I think they're now what fourth in non-garbage time offensive efficiency. Like at times on offense, they're playing four and a half on five. Because like like Abella doesn't give you that much when he's Fifth starting by at a center. Tenth of a point. There you go. See? <laughs> yeah. Like so to be a top five, considering that you're not getting much offensively from Capella, according to cleaning the glass, every one hundred possessions he's on the floor, their offensive rating gets worse by eight point five points. Like that's that's bad for Clint Capella. What's their de- do you have the defensive numbers in front of you? He, right there? he improves it by six point four points every one hundred possessions. It's actually better than I would have guessed. It's <laughs> but, better than so, I would have guessed. But like so his 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 efficiency differential on defense puts him in the eighty sixth percentile of players at his position, and yet he's still a net loss when he's on the floor. Like yeah. that's like that's how bad he's been on offense for this team. And I wanted to also factor in because I'll, I'll, Zach, I'll bring you in on this. One of the things I wrote about yesterday that I don't think the market accounted for. Jalen Johnson's important, bro. Like he's yep. he's very good for them on defense. He's awesome in transition for them on offense. Uh, I think overall, we talk about efficiency differential uh, as he as Clint Capella is a, uh, a negative, so he their net rating um, worsens by two point one points every one hundred possessions. Jalen Johnson improves their net rating by over seven points every one hundred possessions. And the market didn't really seem to think like that much of his absence. Like Zach, he's worth he might be worth like a point maybe and point and a half to the point spread. Yeah, he's really valuable to them for like a lot of reasons, but his versatility both offensively and defensively means that they don't have to play just the shooter-heavy lineups that can't defend anybody. I mean, right now they're stuck kind of playing Hunter and Bay. That gives you like a you know only one look, which is we're going to gun a lot of threes and we're not going to play any defense. So I think that losing Johnson's huge, and I don't know. At this point, this team really needs to shake something up in a big way. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. The other thing, um, did you guys watch anything else? I mean, Zach, you mentioned you didn't really watch that much outside of the Clippers game. Kelly, did you watch anything outside of the Nets? Yeah, I was, and I was juggling uh, Thunder Rockets too because I was on the Thunder okay. in that game. I, I didn't watch much of this. So what was going on here? Uh, I was jumping back and forth a lot between okay. those games at the time, but it was, I mean, it was Shea doing his thing and nobody else could do anything offensively for, for Oklahoma City. I mean, Chet, Chet probably one of his worst games uh, so far. With, you know, he was... Two for nine from the field, four points, five rebounds. He did have six blocks. That's pretty bad. I guess I didn't realize that when I was watching last night. That number jumps out. Um, but you know, it's like everybody else just struggled offensively. You do this Houston team, I mean, just the home versus road splits is getting to be a thing here where they are just a different team at home, locking down defensively. Um, I thought Shane Goom was awesome. Uh, last night, just watching it, guy. Every every game you watch with him, it just feels like he is getting better and better and better. And you just you just think of man, if he had, if he had a bigger frame, like if he had a bigger frame, this is like there's a reason why everybody's calling him Mitty Jokic because like those yeah. skills are developing to that point. Just doesn't have nearly the size that, that that these other guys have. So he's damn impressive. Dylan Brooks, I thought was great offensively and defensively last night. Um, yeah, man, I just this Rockets team's been tough for me because I've I've I don't know about you guys, but I have 
Uh, they've probably been a pretty heavy bet on and against team for me early in the year, just depending situation. And it's just been a mix, a, a bag of mixed results for me so far. And, you know, I think I'm, think I'm going against them at the right time and that backfires and, and uh, you know, and sometimes it's worked out and sometimes I'm on them and same thing. It's either they come, they come through or they come, uh, come up short. So I'm still trying to figure out this team because I'm never a, a full believer usually in home road splits like that being so true throughout an entirety of a season. You think things are going to regress a little bit and man, that right now that's just not the case. And I, I mean, we saw some of that last year, right? With the warriors on the road and everything like that. Uh, but it's going to be, I think, interesting to watch how that team does going forward with that. Yep. How about this? So this is what I wanted to bring up before we move on to the games tonight. There were two points that I wanted to bring up. First off, um, the Golden State Warriors scuffling around with the Portland Trailblazers. They failed to cover last night. Uh, now, 1-9-1 and at home this season against the spread. Golden State has been. They have been disjointed. They have been a mess. Uh, their offense has not been as efficient. The fact that you're scuffling and scrapping with the Portland yesterday, uh, Portland led late. They had to come back in that game. Curry did Curry things, but I, dude, Golden State, especially, especially with all the guys that were out for Portland yesterday, like right. Portland's already a bottom five team, and they were missing out like a multiple starters yesterday. Kelly, they were close. They Portland because if if anybody's watched Portland, Chauncey Billups has been like closing out with his like veterans. Like he doesn't really give a, a bleep about these young guys. Yesterday they closed out with like Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. Uh, Tamani Kamara, and uh, I believe they closed out with Scoot Henderson, or at least he was playing pretty late. Like he, to your point, Kelly. Like I, I apologize if this is going to be a mispronunciation. Dupe Reith started yeah, no the game and played twenty-two yes. minutes. I have no idea who that human being is. Yes, and, and Golden State needs a late Curry three yes. to put them up by four and salt the game away. That Golden was that was shocking. Golden State's in straight fade, fade mode for me right now. Like they, it's not, it's not something like I say that. Is it something I've been actively doing right now these past like week or so? No, but like they are circled, they are double circled for me right now. I've just bet against this team until until you see any kind of change. Steph's do like you said. Steph keeps do, being Steph. That's great. Everybody else on this team around him is letting him down. Like it yep. is nobody else has been good this year. Agreed. All right. Anything else? Anything else to point out? Um, that's it. Uh, what are, are we at? Like twenty straight yet for the Pistons? That was pretty bad yesterday too. <laughs> that was yeah, as bad as it gets, just because of yeah. the opponent. Yes, Memphis. Uh, you know what's funny is I flirted with it. I flirted. I looked at it. I was like, man, really? You're you're catching points at home against Memphis, too. huh? And I was I like, thought nah, about I, it. I, yep, I stayed I away, too. but I thought about it real damn hard. <laughs> My finger hovered. I was like, hmm, like this seems like maybe a little too much. Nope. Not at all. That team stinks. That's I don't know what I'm watching with them anymore because right. I thought that Ivy looked good a few games ago, and I still think he needs to be playing more. I just don't understand what Monty's doing. I saw people saying maybe it's a collective effort between Monty and the front office to tank, but you're risking uh, alienating Ivy if you're doing that. So I don't think it is the case. I just think he doesn't know who to play. I, no, I think 100%. you're right. Yeah, I mean, A, what's the, like, we don't even know who the go-to guy is to tank for right now anyways, yeah. right? And be like, You've got, you've already done it. Like you've got in theory, it, at least to me, you've got enough young talent there that this team should be only going up year after year well, for the next several years. And it's just like, this is not what I was expecting for the start of the season. And, and sorry, but here's the deal too. Like, and, and then we'll move on to the games, but like they're both very good players. I, 
I think it's time to break up Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran. Like not playing yep, them yes. together. Like you have three guys in your backcourt that can barely shoot at times. When you're talking about Killian, I don't understand the infatuation with Killian Hayes at all. He's not particularly good, especially on offense. Um, Kate Cunningham is not shooting the ball very well. Their best shooter yesterday on the floor in the starting lineup was Boyan McDonavich. Like that's mm-hmm. they that can't be your knockdown sharpshooter. You've got to be able to spread the floor out a little bit more. Like Duran at the five and putting another shooter there on the, on the floor with them would be something that's incredible for him. So I think Troy Weaver just went out and got all those centers and he's like, all right, well now you have to play them because I got them. Right. <laughs> like they should not be playing two centers together. And like you said, with Cade, like they need multiple four spacers on the floor to get the best out of him. And like they're not even, you know, right. doing anything to prioritize his development. No, not at all. That's yeah. why my guy SR Thompson, I mean, his minutes have been cut each of the last three games. Get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> Money, like let's like develop these guys. Okay. Right. It is All a right. good point though. Like you got you got three young, talented guard wing players there that we're talking about that none of none of the three of them particularly shoot the three ball very well, right? Like that, yeah. like combining that with bigs, like I, I mean one of these guys is probably gonna have to be moved at some point just to be able to create a team that functions. I think Sasser is the best shooter of, the, of all of them. I was going to say, I think I say Stewart might be the best shooter. <laughs> like, <at> times, <laughs> when, when he's wide open, yep. uh, what is he shooting it from three? He's, th- he's shooting 36.9%. <laughs> Isaiah Stewart's one of the best shooters in the lineup at times. Well, there, That's there you insane. go, JVT. There's your sharpshooter to build around. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. Let's say, hey, most improved, huh? He goes from 32% on four attempts last year per game to 369 on four attempts this year. The shooting's gotten better for Stewart. Or as they call him, beef stew. Stew, that's good. I, saw, I saw LeBron was arguing with him during the game. He's like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Oh, uh, well, that was, I mean, do you remember? We remember, was that that was LeBron and Isaiah Stewart as well, right? When, when he, he was, tried uh, to get through the army, like at the midcourt. Yeah, when he was, yeah. and then he, he went John running Snow. through the tunnel so he could yeah. like run around yeah. the other side. Like, oh yeah, it's great. It was all brilliant. All right, uh, let's take our break. We'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll confab about the two games in the semifinals of the NBA in-season tournament. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We know what the NBA wants, boys. We need to have Lakers and Bucks because ratings and stars and whatnot. Uh, I don't really care. I saw our guy. I'm going to say our guy. I've never talked to him before. Nick Friedel with the tweet of the NBA is praying that the Lakers and Knicks move on to get into the finals. <laughs> like, dude, what this takes from like 1985. What are we doing? Okay. We live in a digital age. Everybody's going to watch if they want to watch. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. what, what, what do you got? 
No, no, no. You're, you're absolutely right. But yeah, I mean, Nick just got murdered on Twitter. The other <laughs> got ratio. Yeah, when, like, when he put that out, oh boy. But no, nah, yeah, you're right. Like, just local TV ratings are not like something that matters nearly as much to a a, a, a league like the NBA, NFL, right. whatever, because they know they're doing national numbers. That's all they care about is what the national number. The world screw national. What the worldwide numbers are. That, that, that's yes. what they care about. 100%. Uh, all right, let's start with the, the first game, uh, the most intriguing, because the total is absolutely nuts. Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers. Bucks are laying five. The total, 257 points. I feel somewhat strongly about this total, but I'll let I'll let Zach go first. I mean, I kind of liked the over when it was down at 253 and a half, but now that it's up to like 256, 257, I'm not touching it. Like I, I ended up, I'm only playing the Pacers at plus five and a half in this game and ended up getting to a number where I do like them. Uh, when I wrote up the column the other day, I said, you know, if this gets to five, five and a half, I'm going to take Indiana. It did. Um, the the over, like I, I could see it going over. I just don't want any part of it, honestly. Like they combined to score 250 the last time they played. Uh, Damian Lillard didn't play in that game. So I understand the thinking behind it. You know, it's two top five offenses, two top five teams in terms of pace. There's going to be a lot of three point attempts, but there is a lot working against the, like the over too. I mean, they're playing on a neutral court uh, in the middle of the afternoon for the West coast teams. Like it's a weird game. I just don't want to be hoping for that many points. Yeah, it's uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, don't worry, JVT, I'll set you up here. Um, this is a game that, that I have proclaimed multiple times that I would have, I would not be getting involved in this total at all because I don't think I could sit through and under with how these two teams are going to be going up and down. Um, having said that, it is what the greatest total, the highest total we've seen since 1991 in the NBA. So I think there are a lot of people who would just say auto look to the under. I'll tee it up for you, good sir. So we've had four games in the knockout stage so far, okay? Two and two, right? Over, under. So no real, like, edge either way. However, there has been one line connecting all four of these games. And it's something that we talked about earlier in the week, Zach. None of the four games have had more than 100 possessions. They've all been slow. Now, the Knicks and Bucks game was insanely efficient. We saw that. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. The Pelicans were insanely efficient. Shot over 40% from three. But the pace for these games, I mean, even for you go to Bucks and, uh, Bucks and Knicks that had, what was it, 139 to 119? 95 possessions in that game for each team. So my theory has been, right, we talked about this, Zach, if this is going to play, like if this is going to be like a playoff type atmosphere, where teams are going to slow down, be more willing to walk it up, take their time on possessions, run sets, try to win these games. And we've seen that. That has been right. The results just haven't been there from like a under standpoint. So if I'm assuming that's the case, and by the way, even too for Indiana, their game against Boston to sell to, you know, the Pacers who love to run, 100 possessions for Indiana. The average over 104 and a half. I think that this is just another thing where if we get the slow pace, I'm willing to take a shot on a game with less than 100 possessions under 257. <laughs> like, I, I just, I, I think we've seen that now through four games. That has at least been true, that they've been willing to slow this thing down. And if that's going to be the case, if I know I'm getting a slower possession or a slower game, then I'm willing to bank against hyper-efficiency. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's, a, I think it's a sound ha handicap. What I, what I think, what I think's going to happen here today is Milwaukee 
Absolutely, right? Like, I think this is a team that a team that's been there before, right? With most of these pieces, you've been there before. You've been in big time games before. I think they're going to naturally slow down a little bit. I think on Indiana, Indiana. I think if you're Indiana, you've been playing one like trying to play at one speed this whole season. I think it's who you are. I think if you're going to win a game like this, you have to try to push it as much as you can. So. I I can't wait to see it, and we're gonna be sitting right next to each other, JVT, because I think that I think we are gonna get some contrasting approaches from the two sides. I think yeah. I think Milwaukee will be very comfortable playing in the half court if they need to. They'll be slow the slow this pace down, play in the half court offensively. Um, and Indiana, I think, is gonna try to get out and get out and run and push this pace as much as they can. So it's yep. it's gonna be fascinating. I cannot wait. And I, I did write it in my column, but like twenty three for thirty eight from three against the Knicks, 60.5%. Like, Absurd. I just kind of think they're due for a poor shooting night after that. I mean, yeah. I know it's not that simple, but it seems to me like it is. Well, yeah, I mean, do you go with the thought process, the yeah. right? Unfamiliar gym, unfamiliar shooting backgrounds, like all that. You know, I know a lot of people like to point to that kind of stuff. Uh, the, the NBA, the, the only time the NBA plays in this building is for a preseason game every once in a while. And they, they haven't had a preseason game at T-Mobile for a minute. I think I went to the last one. It was, it was a Warriors-Lakers game. So... It's it's not a familiar sight at all. I, I'm just really curious. And I do wonder, I mean, here's the other thing. This has nothing to do with it, but it'll be curious. This is the early game, right? And I, I talked about this with Tim. So we talked a little bit about like, hey, people showing up and what the turnout's going to be like. But if this is one of those, like you liken it to like a early conference tournament game in college basketball, where there's not that many people in the gym, you know what I mean? It's somewhat quieter and all that kind of stuff. Um I do wonder if that gives you like that faux bubble atmosphere. Remember that that was like hyper offense and that was awesome because they really loved it. But I just, I'm willing to, I'm willing to sit under 257. I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> I'm willing to sit on under 257 and just, and just take the lumps as it comes. Yeah. I'm willing to do it. Right. Uh, by the way, in terms of, in terms of the side, like th- th- I think there's something to just the Pacers playing for that money. Like I think that there are more 100%. players on Indiana that want the 500,000 than, than you'd think on Milwaukee. I mean, I know that Whoa. Lillard said that he wants it for his players, but I, you know, he's not the guy that directly would benefit from it. You don't, you don't think Giannis wants, wants to do this for <laughs> Thanasis and Alex, both, <laughs> both of whom I, I believe are on the roster. Didn't Giannis add to the game? He was like, we're getting money for this. Or something like he's, that. he's probably sick of giving those guys envelopes every month. Anyways, <laughs> what are you it? talking about? He gets them employed. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't be on the roster. <laughs> like, here, go get your own, help go get your own money this time around. Adrian um, Griffin probably walks by him every day. He's like, God, you mother. <laughs> exactly, exactly right um yeah sidewise here zach did you say you're on pacers yeah i'm on the pacers plus five and a half okay yeah this is uh i, I think it look pre-game pre-game i'm not doing anything with this one i think i think there's could be i mean with the total being what it is i think yeah. this could be a great live betting uh <laughs> game i think if you're looking at this pre-game for a neutral court, this is this is a pretty big number for the Bucks to be laying out. Oh, that is up up to five. Well, I think it hit five and a half. Did did come back down a little mm-hmm. bit? I think that was kind of the point of resistance uh, for some betters out there. Um, so, but even sitting here at five with what these two teams have done so far, if I had to go, if I had to play anything pregame, it'd be Indiana, JVT. I don't know how you feel, but that I'll just be looking at looking at stuff live while we're there. Yeah, I'd rather be Indiana. I, I would agree. I think that's a three for there because I, I think. Indiana, they at least do something well that exploits a Milwaukee weakness, which is yeah. get out and transition, which Milwaukee has stunk at. I did. I also, uh, go ahead. So I played a uh, Benedict Matherin over one and a half made threes at plus one forty. He's made uh, six threes over his last two games. Hit three against the Bucks the last time they played. I think you see the total of what it is. I think these guys are going to get shots up. So I think that that's a pretty good number at plus money. 
Mm -hmm. I like that one. I might be tailing you on that one. Uh, I played Giannis over points and rebounds, which is an absurd number, uh, but it is 44 and a half is what I caught it at yesterday. You guys guys are killing me. You guys are killing me. Don't even know where it might be at right now, but that is uh, with how this game I think is going to go. I I don't think there's a quality, quality. I mean, what? Miles Turner is probably going to be drawing him a lot. Like, I mean, I think he's going to be able to score. We saw him put up big numbers in the one time they played this year. And with all these three balls that I think are going to be chucked up, he's just random. I mean, tall guy out there, easy rebound, I think is going to happen a lot for Giannis today. Yep, you guys are killing me. Come on. Under. I want 95-98. That's what I want. <laughs> we did see yesterday, too. I mean, that was the other thing I was sweating yesterday. I thought I was going to be on the dead wrong side of another total. So I bet the I bet the Cavs Magic game under. That thing went over. But I also bet the Spurs under their team total, but it moved against me. Because that game started to get up, yeah. and I was like, man, like, what am I missing here? Yeah, sure enough, rock fight. Like, they had, like, 57 points <laughs> yeah. through, like, I think we're at the seven-minute, like, the four-minute mark of the third quarter. It was a very ugly game. So, I hope you guys are wrong. Those who shape the market, <laughs> not you guys. Uh, we, <laughs> hey, we can get up to, like, a total of, like, 245, and you guys are both coming home, and I'm fine. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just, oh, absolutely, yeah. Ma- the court, the court's here. royal blue, by the way. That's an advantage to the Pacers. Yes. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The eyes have adjusted already. Yeah, exactly. yep. yeah, they have home court advantage quite literally. That's very true. Sight lines. That's what we <laughs> talked about. Uh, all right. Last one, of course. Uh, Pelicans and Lakers. LeBron and Zion. One and a half the number across the board with a total of 231. Uh, we've seen a little bit of a trickle of support for New Orleans. We've seen a little trickle of support for the over, but no real big movements here. Uh, so, Kelly, I'll give you the floor first. Uh, did you have anything for Lakers Pelicans? Uh, I think this is a do what I say, not what I do situation here. Because you love the Lakers. Gonna, because we're going to. No, no, no. Come no on, oh, okay. You, These you are your two loves. These are your exactly. two loves going at it. It's like your two children fighting. <laughs> I like that everybody, everybody, depending on who you work with or talk to, thinks you have different loves. You know what I mean? Like, I, so in JVT, JVT's eyes, I'm the Lakers guy somehow, which don't get wrong. I've been higher on them than most, I think, than a lot of people. I get it. I get where it's coming from. But man, do I love me some Zion. So we'll because we're sitting there. Am I gonna have a bet on the uh, on the Pelicans pregame? Probably. But am I gonna be? Look, I'll be looking to attack that one live. I think it would be both. It's both dogs I'm looking at today, though. In Pelicans and uh, Pacers. That's where I would be looking uh, looking at uh, for these games tonight. So I'll just be li- uh, looking at that one live. I think there is. I was expecting this number to open up higher. I know it's a neutral court. I still thought the Lakers were going to get a little bit more respect. So I thought I was going to be betting the Pelicans pregame. No matter what, I thought it was going to be maybe like four or something like that. We never really saw that at all. So um, staying away, I think live betting, better better chance you can get a better number at some point during the game with the Pelicans. I don't know how you guys feel. This was the total where I thought there was some value, possible value on the under. I think the the Lakers will try to slow this thing down pretty big time here tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I so what I did when I wrote about it. So for our our previews, um, my, my I would with uh, Lakers Lakers under is the lean, but the, the actual bet for me is going to be under two thirty one, Kelly, because I agree with you, and I think it's it, it, it's an interesting matchup of strength on strength. You know, the Pelicans top seven ish team in terms of frequency of shots at the rim, top ten team in terms of rim uh, rim shooting percentage. They want to get to within four feet of the basket. It's what they do, especially with Zion out there. But this is one of the better rim defenses in the NBA, in the Los Angeles Lakers. And while the Lakers run, like they get out in transition, they're actually not overly efficient in transition. So even if the tempo picks up, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I think we saw in the the game against the Suns, Zach, where the Lakers were at their best is in that fourth quarter, they were slowing things down, and it was just LeBron, here's the ball. 
please, like just go and win this game for yeah. us. The Darvin Ham, just let LeBron cook offense is exactly what helped. And, and I, I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they want to get up and down the floor with the Pelicans because I think that only helps them. I, I think they want to muck this thing up and make it like that. You know, the Suns game was, what was that? Let me double check here. Yeah, it was 96 possessions and 209 total points. I, I think that's what the Lakers want. Yeah, I think if the Suns rebound the ball better and don't turn the ball over at will, that's a really uh, low score. Also, game. maybe a timeout's not awarded when it shouldn't be, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's that's the thing. It's like, I'm looking back at that Lakers game, which looks like a big win over the Suns. They kind of stunk in that game. Like, like Phoenix really gave it away. A lot of careless, lazy turnovers, just really giving the Lakers points on the other end of the floor. Poor rebounding. Uh, the Lakers shot terribly in that game and, and were able to win the game where they outshot the Suns by 27 shots. So I kind of like the Pelicans' money line in this game. Uh, over the course of this, re- this last twelve game stretch, with our eight and four, yes. they're playing at a top ten, pay- a top ten uh, adjusted offensive and defensive rating. They look like an elite team right now, and uh, yeah, I just think that they might be the better team catching points here. And I know that you could say there's a bias towards the Lakers, but I don't think that's what the, what the case was in the Suns game. I think they just made a really bad call where they, they <laughs> the ref that made that call, by the way, wasn't watching the ball at all. He was Not just watching LeBron. Yeah, yeah. staring <laughs> deeply into LeBron's eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the uh, what I think it's the old um, is it Joey Crawford? Remember the old video that started to the, to pop up where I think it was Crawford that was mic'd up and and he like he whistles the foul right and he goes I didn't see it Michael I didn't see it but then he walks up and he's like but I believe you Michael I believe that it happened and I'm like dude what is and it's the same thing it was like oh LeBron's telling me I'm gonna call a timeout what's the the video I sent you guys the ref he's on the phone and like yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the worst part about it is they doubled down on it on the last two minute report by yep. saying that he pinned the ball to his leg. Like, no, no, he did it. I I, so I heard someone say that that I didn't even see the report. I heard someone say that. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? There's no way they could have done that afterward. And then I saw the report. It was like, oh my god, they actually did it. Yeah. Like you said, Zach, they doubled down. And real quick, one of us, one of us, Zach Cohen. I love it. Join the New Orleans Pelicans hype train. Come on, baby. <laughs> Top ten. Let's hit on that again. We kept saying this last year, a year ago, JVT, Zion, all these guys healthy, top 10 offense and defense, and they're right back at it with getting all these guys back in the lineup. Don't sleep on this bleeping team. Okay. So here's the thing. So then let's do this. Let's uh, look look at the numbers really quickly. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. You guys read, have you guys ever read Moby Dick? No. I think I've seen the movie. Well, you know, the concept. (laughs) So so you know, the, uh, the concept of blood brothers, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay, yeah. so let's let's be Pelican brothers. They are twenty-two to one to win the Western Conference right now. Kelly I asked you this three days ago. I know. I'll you. ask you again. Are we betting the Pelicans to win the Western Conference? No, because we got burned. We got burned on it a year ago, man. Because I don't trust well, anybody to stay healthy. I don't. I don't I, trust Zion to stay healthy or any of these guys. I'd rather just man. bet them game to game. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my answer. I'm gonna be annoyingly hyping this team, and I'm not gonna have any futures bets on them. Yes. Zach. I'm too nervous about having too many rooting interests in the West. I already have. The, I have a Suns fan. I have a Timberwolves ticket. It's just like it's too much. Well, I mean, see, that's the thing. So I, the only thing that I've got from a future standpoint from te- for the teams is the the Timberwolves in the West, and I have a good NBA Finals number on the Philadelphia 76ers and a terrible number on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I I'm willing. I'm willing to add it to the portfolio. Let's go. Let me know if you find anything off market. I'll join you because this is a. I have. I don't have a single bet. I. You know. The only thing I have is Suns to be the one seed. We had that bet we made, JVT. That, right. that one yeah. ran out less. That's the only bet I don't have. I don't have any bets to win the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, or the NBA Finals in my for, in my future portfolio. 
it's all I do, by the way, I have a I have Trey Murphy over 17 and a half points, rebounds, and assists tonight. Okay. I just think that was a really low number. I could see him going over that with points alone. I mean, he's the guy that I like the most on the Pelicans. I think he's incredible. Yeah. I'm searching right now. I'm gonna try to find if uh I'm gonna see if I can get it off the number market number. Uh, for, before we get out of here, I'm gonna have somebody I haven't made this bet yet either, to be very clear. But I think that this is one of those where we're going to look up and if this team's healthy, you're going to be sitting on something at 22 to 1 where they're going to be like, you know, 12 to 1, whatever it is, to win the Western Conference. And then when the Pelicans and the Timberwolves play in the Western Conference Finals, we'll be set. We won't even matter. It won't even matter at all. Uh, let's see. The best number I can find is, I think, that 22 to 1. Uh, let's see. Scroll down here. Yeah, 22 I've, to 1. I think that any. Any team in the Western Conference can lose to any team in the Western Conference, which is kind of crazy going into the yes, playoffs. Like, I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, miss me with the uh, – the Jokic was just celebrating. Nah, Clippers are the best team in the West. I'm back in. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're all done. Uh, any other parting thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, Bradley Beal sounds like he's coming back soon. So that, that number one for the Suns, I guess, has some life in it. I've given up. <laughs> Especially because yeah. my Timberwolves are going to run away with this thing. Yeah, plus I'm just pissed off about the other night still. I can't. Yeah, that was <laughs> it's in season well, tournament. Yeah, it should have been nice. It, it, well, it, it sullies it sullies the history of the in season tournament. Um, <laughs> like, like Zach said, though, I mean, I can't be too mad because when you commit 75 turnovers and they're all just like lazy ones, oh, where God, yeah, there was one was point where fast. I thought, like, I think Devin Booker tried to post up LeBron. Like I like I don't know if he thought LeBron was working for position in the post and he like blacked out for a second because there was one Zach where he just he literally just hops a bounce pass straight to LeBron's chest and I was like what is what's happening yeah, what's the, going the en- on the entry passes were either thrown completely out of bounds or just right to a Laker defender yeah I dude they tell me why I don't know why I'm, look I'm not a high level basketball player my the the most annoying entry pass of all is the very high lob to like the baseline. Yep. Like that's, I don't know what you're trying to do there. And at half the times guys catch it and they're like off balance. So they're falling out of bounds or they don't oh, go, they're they can't go behind the basket. You're talking yeah, about yeah. that one. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's so annoying. I don't know what they're there was one where... balance, not falling out of bounds while like they have no shot at the basket because they're behind yep. it. Yeah. I hear you. There was one where Durant was like smothered and he, he asked for the ball and they threw it away and he got mad at the guy who passed it. And I'm like, why'd you even ask for it? It's your right. fault. It's so bad. <laughs> All right. Let's end this now. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, make sure you check out Harvard Handicappers every single day. Kelly and I will be out there live. We have written content up on the website as well, vcin.com. Uh, I've got a hit on Lombardi line coming up in 30 minutes. A lot of good NBA content for the in-season tournament. Uh, until then, Check out the website, thevsin.com, for everything pro subscribers get. And we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Harvard Handicappers. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.